We learn that on November 5th, 1895, the section of Wilkesbury known as Five Points was separated from the parish of St. Mary of the Immaculate Conception on South Washington Street and was established as Holy Savior, the second territorial parish in the city. Holy Savior began to function under the leadership of Reverend John J. Curran, who was appointed as the first pastor. The majority of the people living in the area were immigrants or children of immigrants from Ireland. Since Wilkesbury was situated in the rich anthracite deposit, which extended from below Nanticoke north for about 60 miles, most men found their employment in the large force of miners and laborers necessary to meet the constant and growing demand of the expanding coal industry. Father Curran, as a boy, had worked in the mines in various capacities for eight years. Soon the erection of a temporary place of worship was begun. After each day's work in the mines, many men volunteered their services in erecting the edifice they would gather at the corner of Hillard and Penn Streets with picks, shovels, and wheelbarrows to help with the construction. In a short time, the foundation was laid and the building, a long, narrow wooden structure of plain design, was completed and services were held there. Holy Savior had in its first pastor a man of great spiritual leadership. He was also a champion of labor. On May 12, 1902, the United Mine Workers of America, determined to win a living wage and better working conditions for the workers, closed down every anthracite operation in the state of Pennsylvania. A stalemate was created when the mine workers were unwilling to negotiate a settlement. There was no substitute that could be used as fuel, and basic industries were in danger of collapse. Father Curran, who had become a friend of John Mitchell, the founder of the United Mine Workers of America, not only defended the cause of the miners from the pulpit, but also furthered their interests by writing letters to the leaders of government and industry and by granting the press interviews and defending their rights to safer working conditions and a just wage. President Theodore Roosevelt, impressed by Father Curran's intervention, summoned the mine owners to the White House, and when they again refused to consider the demand of their employees, the president turned to Father Curran. A presidential commission was named which proposed binding arbitration. The mine owners surrendered, and the miners won their first major victory. One hundred years after the founding of Holy Savior Parish in East End, they erected a Pennsylvania historical marker in Father Curran's honor. All this we learn from a parish history of Holy Savior Church in Wilkes-Barre. To bring a close to Anthracite Mining Heritage Month 2022, there will be a production of a one-person play written by K.K. Gordon of Scranton titled For the Least of Them, centering on Father Curran. The performance will feature Scott Rave as Father Curran, and Art Walsh will direct. In 2017, we had a chance to record a scene from the show with Walter Mitchell Jr. as Curran and to learn about the show from K.K. Gordon and Art Walsh. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. You know, Mother, when you think of it, prayers and songs are more alike than not, aren't they? 
They're where we go when we're all alone in the dark. In our fear and in our hurt, they both bring us comfort. For a moment at least. Prayers and songs lift us out of our dirty work boots and help us forget our hunger. I'm sorry, Mother, I'm a bit out of sorts tonight and very tired. You see, I gave the last rites to a seven-year-old girl this evening. <laughs> I gave the last rites to a seven-year-old girl. There, I said it out loud. Did you hear me, Mother? Don't those words sound queer, even as they come out of my mouth? So unnatural? The last rites? No, no, I gave first communion to a seven-year-old girl. Yes, oh yes, that sounds much better. First holy communion, God bless her. The last rites? No, it can't be. Walter Mitchell, Jr. has Father Curran in a scene from For the Least of Them, recorded in 2017. We turn now to K.K. Gordon, the playwright, and Art Walsh, the director. I was doing lights and sound for an amazing actor, Gary Anderson, who is the president of the International Clarence Darrell Society. And uh, he was in town for a law day playing Clarence Darrell, and he was in northeastern Pennsylvania for about a month. And he went to see all the big attractions, and then, you know, it's like Wednesday night he wanted a bowling buddy. And being I live a block away from the bowling alley in Southside, I can't bowl. It's, you know, people who live on islands can't swim. People who live right by the lanes can't bowl. And uh, he was bowling one night, and he was talking about the Great Strike and the major characters in it. And he said, I'd really like to work on a piece about Father Kern. And, yeah, being a knuckle-dragging kid from Southside, I had no idea who he was. And I imagine that's how it all started. You did find out a lot about him. I did. I did. Two years of serious research. I tracked down everything that's ever been written about him. Found books he wrote, books. Um, his niece, he was very close with his niece, who was a very, for the time, significant socialite. But she, she was back in the time when women, an educated lady was, was a novel thing. She was she was a mover and shaker. She was a witch. She, I didn't know that. Yeah, well, you know, he, I mean, he, he big Irish family, uh, all kinds of people <laughs> yeah. he was related to. But a fascinating man and and a true hero and and a hero we can truly call our own. Was he born in Ireland? Well, almost. He was from Avoca. He was born in Avoca and educated. Well, educated primarily in the mines of uh, Pittston, but when he was 19, he was able to go to a college and a seminary in Canada. But, you know, he was from walking distance of this building. It's, it's really funny. When KK brought this to my attention, it was a few years after that, and I was completely unaware. We've worked together for 10, 12 more years 
and I was completely unaware that he was even working on this project. And he had just asked me at one point to uh, take a look at the script and sort of like doctor it a tiny bit. And after I did that, he asked me if I thought I'd be interested in directing it. And having had some knowledge of Father Curran myself, I thought it was like one of those things that just going to fall out of the sky like miracles do, you know. And uh, we started working on it together. What captivates you about him as a character you wanted to bring to life on stage? You said he's a hero, but he's a complex character. He's a very complex character, and it was a very complex time. He was he was a spiritual leader of a small community, well, beyond the mining community, but he, he was a parish priest in Wilkes-Barre, and the majority of his parish were were mine workers and in a time where Scranton Wilkesbury storefronts had signs that said Irish need not apply. Yeah. And and the other thing that intrigued me about it because I had some familiarity with the story of Father Kern, but also my grandfather was a miner and uh that was an impetus to get involved because there's a story that people don't know. You can hear about coal miners. They got paid by the company store, and they paid back the company store. So they virtually worked for nothing. I had seen a couple of plays, you know, about, about the, the mine strikes and, and that sort of thing. And I I had done a, a short film about the Molly Maguires. I was in it at one point. So I, it, it really piques my curiosity to see and to delve into the actual person, somebody who is prominent in the whole movement. People have talked about Darrow a lot, you know, and we've all seen the trial. But for somebody who was in the nitty-gritty, who came out of the mines, Father Curran, in his story and, and how his life developed and what influence he had on other people. But he was so relatable, and, and KK put him on the page in in that fashion. But, I mean, he was absolutely relatable. I, I, there's not another word that I can think of, because he was of those people, and he was of the time. And he was of, uh, of a religious bent beside. So uh, yeah, sometimes you come to a situation like that where your hero has inner demons that are in conflict with what he's doing. But here's a man whose upbringing and education made him almost perfect for the particular time in which he lived. And the fascinating thing for historians, I think, about him is that he, in this compelling way, had the sense of solidarity with the people from whom he came, and yet he could operate on a national level and become close to Theodore Roosevelt. Yeah, that's astonishing, too. They were, uh, I guess you would say, pen pals, in a way. And simply, and, and it's revealed in the piece how much influence. He really didn't exert that much influence on Theodore Roosevelt, but what he did do was he became like a tipping point. So the relationship that he developed with Roosevelt was very important, but his actual impact was a very simple moment that, that happened, and it's revealed in the piece. But he was very influential in what labor advocates should be, I imagine. You know, um, things get skewed really quickly, but he was, he was the guy who should have started it. Yeah, and that's it. It's just a confluence, which happens also often. As you said, KK, all these things have come together. In putting this together, I had meetings with religious officials. 
and labor leaders and historians. I wrote this play no knowing it was a one person playing, you know, being a specialist in dialogue. That was that was the biggest challenge for me in this. So I knew he was a priest and and came from an Irish background, um, a very hardworking Irish Catholic background in Wilkesbury. Had that much to go on. And I had his blessed mother as the other voice that we never hear. So people, you know, people were like, you haven't studied divinity. How can you do this? And they're like, you're not a labor expert. It was a tumultuous turmoil time, and it was not a pretty time in our history. I had a feeling I knew what this man felt like at the end of the day. And that's why I thought I could do this play. Playwright K.K. Gordon of Scranton and Art Walsh, director, speaking about K.K. Gordon's original one-person play for The Least of Them, centering on Father John J. Curran. There will be a performance featuring Scott Rave as Father Curran, Art Walsh directing, and it's the culmination of Anthracite Mining Heritage Month 2022. The production will take place on the 30th, so that's Sunday, January the 30th, and it will take place at the Lackawanna Historical Society. The Lackawanna Historical Society is located at 232 Monroe Avenue in Scranton, and the start time is 2 o'clock. The play will be presented to a limited live audience and also live-streamed through Electric City Television. So again, remember, seating is limited. It is a live theatrical performance of, for the least of them, a play about the life of Father John J. Curran, who became Monsignor Curran, the mine worker's priest, by K.K. Gordon, the playwright, actor Scott Rave as Father Curran, and director Art Walsh, at the Lackawanna Historical Society, 232 Monroe Avenue in Scranton, at 2 o'clock on Sunday, January 30th. And for more information, you may check the Anthracite Heritage Foundation website, and that's ahfdn.org, standing for Anthracite Heritage Foundation, ahfdn.org. And we heard Walter Mitchell Jr. in a recording of a segment of that play as we began. 